presentation of Sports Talk Radio. It's this man. It's the compassion. It's the it's the dignity. It's the wisdom. It's the it's the horse sense of the guy. You know what? This is crap. We're gonna stop this. I can't stand it. Run it again. Huddle up and run it again. We're rolling now. <laughs> I think so. Microphones are on. Marker eight ten go. The Eggies. Merrill for the lead. He's got it. The Jazz. If it's the sport you care about, we're talking about it. Number four of my best non-sports sports. Wife carrying. I beg your pardon? It's the Full Court Press with Eric Franson and AJ Selvason. Because what you're really saying when you're using all this blabberish is, AJ, you were right and I was wrong. That's what I'm hearing from you. 106.9 FM, 1390 AM, The Fan. Hey, what's going on, everybody? Eric Franson with you here on the Full Court Press. AJ will be joining me shortly. He is uh, running a little late today. He's got an excuse. He's got a hall pass. Uh, we did discuss this before, so I know he's he's going to be running a little tardy, but that's okay. I ditched out on him a little bit earlier this week, so it's fair that he gets me back. But we've got a lot to discuss today, a lot to get through. Holy cow, we've got the final four for both the men and the women taking place this weekend. We had a big game for the Utah Jazz, finally getting guys back and healthy. What a difference that makes for their squad. I get it. The Lakers were not healthy. They didn't have their guys back, but they developed a lead and they held it, and I think that's uh, important in this team's realizing they've got a very short window to make sure that they're firing on all cylinders going into the uh, playoffs with about a week of games left. So we'll look at their opponents for the upcoming week, week and a half, and uh, what's at stake there. What the current standings are in the NBA, because they seem to change every day, especially in the East, with so tight. Very, very close race. Uh, the 4A RPI rankings are out for spring sports. We'll get to that. Uh, several different sports were, uh, uh, the, the details were released for that. So we'll get to those. Coming up at about 4.30, we've got a conversation with Matt Gifford. He uh, contributes to Hawk Hill Hardwood. It's a 247sports.com uh, uh, affiliate site that covers St. Joseph's. Uh, and so he's going to pop on and help us understand a little bit more about Taylor Funk, type of player he is, has been, and could be for Utah State. And so he'll lend his insights into Taylor Funk and the type of player that he's been and what kind of elements he might bring to Logan when he comes here. And next hour, uh, stick around because we're going to have a really engaging, interesting conversation with Brock Miller. I can pre- I can tell you that with full confidence because Ajay and I have already done it. Uh, we we sat down with him earlier today because of his busy schedule. He couldn't be here live with us, but we sat down with him earlier today and had a great conversation. We thought, okay, you know, 10, 15 minutes. We went 30 minutes with Brock. So we've broken it into two parts, uh, and so we will air that next hour uh, in two different segments. And so uh, that's definitely worth listening to. He shares his memories of 
uh, of being an Aggie, what brought him here, what's kept him here. He had opportunities to leave and because uh, there's been several coaching changes during his time at Utah State. Uh, so really interesting stuff there. And then what his plans are post-college basketball and uh, also just the, his thought process as to why he decided to finally hang it up. So stick around for that. That's coming up next hour. Uh, that'll be really interesting. Um, and so, and, and then, yeah, just looks at, uh, we'll be looking at the final four for both the men and the women. The women's uh, games begin tonight. The men's are tomorrow. They'll take an examination as to how they got to this point. What was their path to get to the final four for each team? And from there, uh, we'll look at who maybe has the better shot of uh, coming out on top and doing well uh, at the uh, to make it to the championship game. So if you want to chime in on any of those topics, we've got a lot to get through from the high school level to the collegiate to the professional. We're going to cover as many bases as we can today here on the Full Court Press. And as always, love to get your feedback and your interaction as to uh, what we're talking about today on the Guild Mortgage text line. It's open. It's open for business, open to receive your, your uh, texts, your hot takes, your questions, uh, your, your uh, complaints, all of the above. 435-339-0321 to chime in. And uh, love to hear your thoughts about uh, what we saw last night for the Jazz and what's coming up one well, of these other sports as well. So let's get to that. Uh, going to the Guild Mortgage text line 2603. Chimes in. Being a jazz fan is like that Katy Perry song. You're hot, then you're cold. Yeah. Uh, that's true. I mean, what a game last night. It was jazz got off to a good start, but they weren't blowing the Lakers away. And then the second quarter, it was close. The Lakers were keeping it close, and late the Jazz start to get some separation. Third quarter, they build a lead. It starts to wilt a little bit. Uh, but then in the fourth, they they build it back up and then they uh, just they hold on to it and, and, in fact, grow it in that fourth quarter. So there was that moment where it, they had a double-digit lead. It started to shrink, started getting to single digits, and everybody's gasping like, oh, here we go again. But this time they were able to make their adjustments, hang on, dig in, and make some improvements. And look, I, I think a big thing we have to recognize is that Boyan was back. He provides us spacing and scoring. Uh, he had five assists to go along with his 11 points and three rebounds. But not just having Boyan back. He only hit one three-pointer, but it's the threat of him hitting a three. Uh, but also Daniel House. Uh, Daniel House Jr. was back after missing several games with that uh, bone bruise in his knee. Uh, he, was, he gave 21 minutes off the bench. He had that sweet steal and a dunk, um, and um, I, it, he had uh, had two steals on the night, uh, five points, two boards, one assist. Just had that more aggressive defensive style out on the perimeter. That's just huge for the Jazz to have that option. Uh, Mitchell and uh, Clarkson were hot in the first half. Other guys started to chip in and, and contribute. Rudy Gobert was fantastic, especially in the second half. 25 points, 17 boards, one steal, two blocks. I mean, just really affecting the game at the rim. And a nice win for the Jazz, 122 uh, to 109 uh, over the Lakers. Now, they didn't have LeBron. They didn't have Davis. But that hasn't 
necessarily meant success for the Jazz before when they've ha- when the Lakers have been missing guys. So it was important for this Jazz team to get a win, start playing better together, and uh, get a little more confidence, right? And it's also good that it was on national television. They get a little bit of uh, day in the sun. But it's as much about the Lakers' folly and the Lakers' collapse than it is about the Jazz. And I, I get it. Lakers are a big national name. But the Jazz haven't necessarily won the hearts and minds of uh, a lot of people to get excited about what they've done this year. So, uh, But it was a nice win for the Jazz. Rudy Gobert, Donovan Mitchell afterwards saying, you know, we're, we're not pointing fingers, we're not calling names. Um, we, uh, we need to get better. You know, we're, when we're winning, we're, when we're connected, uh, we're, we're a better team. And so Donovan Mitchell said name calling and finger pointing is kind of a childish thing to do. That's not what this team is about. And Rudy Gobert saying, I'm an emotional guy. I'm going to speak up. I'm going to react. I, you know, probably wish I, uh, I wouldn't sometimes, but so it was interesting kind of contrast in how they're handling that. But certainly when, uh, when you win, it's a lot easier to get through some of that stuff. So uh, 435-339-0321, if you want to chime in and weigh in on that uh, jazz victory uh, last night over the Lakers. And then you know what we've got ahead for the Utah Jazz. It's not really much easier here. That was a brief moment of reprieve for the Utah Jazz and because now they've got to turn around and, and uh, uh, play – some other really tough games that's on their schedule because they've got a little bit of a break. Uh, they don't play tonight, but coming up on Saturday, they're at Golden State. They turn around and they've got a three-game homestand, but two of the top teams in the NBA are coming to Salt Lake. Memphis on Tuesday, uh, Phoenix Suns next Friday, a week from today. Oklahoma City is wedged in there in between, and then the Jazz will finish on the road and uh, in Portland on Sunday, April 10th. So five games left for the Utah Jazz. Uh, Golden State on Saturday, I mean, they don't have Steph Curry back. Uh, so there's questionable health for that team. But is that win against the Lakers an opportunity to move things in the right direction heading into the, uh, All- the All-Stars the playoff run? Or... Just kind of a fool's gold, and the team falls back into that uh, uh, situation they've been in for the last uh, couple of weeks. But as guys are coming back, I know Audrey loves to paint me as some kind of a homer, but look, I, I, you have to realize this team hasn't been fully healthy. They haven't had a full complement of main guys and even rotation guys, but they're going to need them as they're starting to come back to show what this team's really all about in this stretch run. Um, and the other question, too, will be for Memphis and Phoenix to some degree. They've locked their positions. So for them, how much are they really going to be going hard at what they're doing in these games, and how much will they be resting guys to get them ready and get their team ready for the postseason? So that might play a little bit of a factor in some of these games. You know, with the win last night, the Jazz moved back ahead of Denver into that five spot. Jazz are two games behind Golden State, who's at four. And actually, Dallas has moved ahead. Now they're into the three spot. They've got a record that's tied with Golden State, 
They're both 48 and 29, but Dallas has the tiebreaker and they've moved up into the three spot. Uh, so very, very tight race between three, four, five, and six. Only two games separate those four teams with what, five, six games to go for some of these teams? So it's very, uh, very much could still have some movement there. Memphis is, you know, six games ahead of Dallas. So they're not going to move. And Memphis is eight and a half games behind Phoenix. So they're not going to catch them. So the question for the Suns and the Grizzlies is how much do they still push uh, over this last week? Um, and uh, because it's not going to affect their standing, it's not going to affect home court either in the Western Conference or even in the, uh, the, the NBA Finals. Because either one of those teams come out of the Western Conference and they're going to be, have home court advantage. They have that much of a lead over everybody else. So the question is, you know, can the Jazz right their ship in time to potentially get home court advantage again? And or do they start playing games like we don't we we think our matchup is better with Dallas than it is Golden State. So we're okay if we slip into the 6 spot rather than be in the 5 spot. Um I mean do you think that there's a better matchup than another one for the Jazz? Uh, it, it, Steph Curry is saying that he is going to be back. He plans to be back at the start of the playoffs. And if that's so, certainly Golden State Warriors become a, a d- more challenging team to face. But I also see that's a franchise that's faltering at this stretch run. And I don't know, that may be a... a a team that's struggling, limping into the playoffs and may not be geared up, ready to go, whereas the Dallas Mavericks, they're rolling. They've got momentum going into the playoffs. So it's a very different uh, situation um, uh, with the, the teams that they potentially could be facing. Uh, 5452 on our Guild Mortgage text line. Really, Eric? Blaming your jazz homerism on AJ? <laughs> Just own it. Okay, sure. I'm a fan. Yes. AJ likes to, uh, I think, uh, blow it up more than it is. But I'm just trying to look at a more objective approach as to what's going on with the Jazz, but also with some confidence and encouragement with what's going on with Utah, whereas AJ is more of a Debbie Downer when looking at uh, what's going on with the Jazz. So I'm okay to admit that. I'm not going to hide it. Um, but, I mean, when we look at the Dallas Mavericks, this is a team that's playing some pretty solid basketball right now, and they're very different paths to the Golden State Warriors. Warriors have lost four in a row. Mavericks have won three in a row. Mavericks have won seven of their last ten. The Warriors have only won three of their last ten. So, is it better to face the Warriors? Would you rather face the Dallas Mavericks? Because I, I got to tell you, I think that Mavericks team, after they made that trade and Spencer Dinwiddie in there to provide another scoring option for Luka, they seem to be hitting a different gear right now. I like how the Jazz match up against them when the Jazz are at full strength. Um, I don't trust Jason Kidd. Uh, I, I think Luka can make some exciting plays, but I think he also tries to take too much upon himself still as a young player. So uh, 
I think there could be advantages either way. It, the, for Golden State, it'll depend on how healthy really are they and how healthy really is Steph Curry. Because that's the big difference in that matchup for me, looking at uh, what's on the line there for the postseason. But only if five games left for the Utah Jazz. Is there enough opportunity there to move two games? Well, certainly one of the games on the schedule is against Golden State. So that makes a big difference in the standings. Um, and uh, looking at Golden State and their final uh, couple of games that they have to finish out the regular season, they are uh, uh, their next game, as mentioned, is Saturday hosting the Jazz. Then they're at Sacramento. They host the Lakers. They go to San Antonio. And then they go to New Orleans. So their schedule looks a little bit easier than Utah's does. Sacramento, San Antonio. San Antonio's playing tough. They're trying to secure their position in the playoffs, and so is New Orleans. But um, Sacramento and Los Angeles, they should be able to take care of the Kings and the Lakers. But um, that's a team that only has one win since mid-March, and that was at uh, Miami. So uh, it's a team that's kind of struggling right now with the player health and trying to get uh, some momentum going into the postseason. 435-339-0321 if you want to chime in. 9315 texts into our Guild Mortgage text line. says, I think it's dumb when teams try to not lose, to not play a team in the finals. Just shows me you're a team without confidence. What does that say about the team and their organization? It's a fair point. I mean, look, the, the Jazz in the bubble, intentionally uh, pulled guys to uh, get a better position. They thought they would be matched up better against Denver in the in the playoffs. And that ended up backfiring on them. I mean, they should have beaten the Nuggets. I mean, they were up 3-1. to one. They should have beaten the Nuggets. That was the matchup that they wanted, but they couldn't close the door. They couldn't seal the deal, and it uh, blew up on them. So, I'm kind of with you, 9315. I think it's kind of silly when teams intentionally try to mess with their with their standings because it doesn't always pay off. You're teaching your team it's okay to throw games. It's, it's okay to lose games. Instead, I'm of the mentality that we should always try to go out there and win every game we play. We should always try to do whatever it takes to win a game. Um, and I just, it starts to create some uh, dangerous mentality and dangerous precedence. All right, uh, we're going to take a quick time out here in the full court press. When we come back, 4A RPI ratings are out for baseball, softball, soccer, uh, lacrosse. So we'll get to those and let you know what the standings look like for some of our area high schools in the uh, spring sports that are going on. We had, uh, it was fun to watch the Green Canyon Mountain Crest game last night where uh, Green Canyon pulled off the upset over the Mustangs, one of the top-rated teams in 4A. You can go back and watch it again on CashValleyDaily.com. And uh, as we expand our coverage of spring sports, we'll let you know who we're covering tonight, what that matchup looks like, how you can follow that along as well. That will be one of our, uh, we've got a highlighted game that we're going to be featuring this evening with a different sport uh, that we haven't featured yet. So that's exciting. We'll tell you who that is coming up here on the Full Court Press. 
Spring is here. It's time to get your ride ready for the trails. Stop into Torque Motorsports. Torque Motorsports. To get your bike or side-by-side prepped for summer. Torque has over $20,000 in inventory, including tires, helmets, and accessories. If you have a side-by-side, road bike, dirt bike, or four-wheeler, go see Torque Motorsports. Torque Motorsports. They'll get you back on the trails faster. Torque Motorsports. 10th West, across from Maverick. Online at TorqueMotorsportsUtah.com. Imagine your wedding day. Elegant, simple, yet stunning, stress-free. It's your day. It's all about you. Whether you're looking for small and simple or have a grander idea, the Riverwoods Conference Center will accommodate your every need. Choose the inside ballroom elegance or outside along the natural decor of the beautiful Logan River. A Riverwoods event planner will work personally with you to make sure your event is exactly how you've envisioned it. The Riverwoods Conference Center, where your happily ever after begins. Google Riverwoods Conference Center or call 750-5151. It's that first kiss, that moment in time. Engagement season is in full swing, and Jarek's Fine Jewelry has been helping hundreds of couples find the perfect ring. If you are getting engaged, you have to come browse our collections. Sometimes you may find the perfect ring in just a minute, or we can help you custom create your own design. Oh, and with Mother's Day almost here, talk to us about designing the perfect mother's ring. Jarrett's Fine Jewelry. Make it special. Make it Jarrett's. If you want a natural stone look on your home without the expense, think Coldwater Stone in Tremonton. They have partnered with Castellite and Logan to bring you the look and style you want at a price much less than natural stone. Stop into Coldwater's Tremonton showroom or Castellite and Logan and see how they take some of the most beautiful resources the earth has to offer, then shapes and blends them to create your dream home. Create your custom masterpiece online at coldwaterstone.com. Coldwater Stone, the natural choice for all of your stone needs. This is Ryan, my mattress. I have a little bit of a bone to pick with online bed-in-a-box mattresses. If value is the combination of price and quality, these beds are not a good value. They cost about $1,000 and they last about three years. That's not a very good ratio. At my mattress, you can get a $799 Sealy Posturepedic that will last you 10 plus years. The best value is at my mattress. Isn't it time to sleep exceptionally? The Aggies, Jazz, High Schools, even the Pee Wee's T-Ball team. It's the Full Court Press on Sports Talk Radio, The Fan. Welcome back to the Full Court Press. Eric Franson with you here, and love to have you join in as well on our Guild Mortgage text line, 435-339-0321. Utah Jazz with a nice win last night over the Los Angeles Lakers. And uh, big game from uh, Donovan Mitchell. Big game from uh, Rudy Gobert uh, in the paint. Uh, Nice help off of the bench from Jordan Clarkson. Uh, good to have Daniel House Jr. back and uh, Boyan Bogdanovich back. Getting this team back with a full complement of players in a which in a continued stretch run of of tough opponents. Mike Connolly thought played really well with uh, 18 points, four assists. And Donovan Mitchell really affecting the game in different ways. At 29 points, seven assists for Donovan Mitchell. Really driving the team, helping the team in uh, multiple ways as a scorer and distributor. Uh, also, how about Juancho Hernan Gomez? 
I mean, this is a guy I thought was just a throw-in on the trade, the Joe Ingles deal uh, that involved Nikhil uh, Alexander Walker. Um, and I just I didn't know anything really about Juancho Hernan Gomez. And early in the when after the trade, he rarely ever saw the court, but because of injuries, the way things have worked out, um, he's been getting expanded time. He, Nineteen minutes off the bench for Hernan Gomez, nine points, three assists, three rebounds, had a couple of three pointers. He's been kind of a nice addition and a nice surprise. Really, honestly, I think he's playing more effectively than uh, Rudy Gay some t- in some of these games. Rudy Gay didn't even see the court yesterday. I don't know because it's just coach's decision. They didn't say he was not healthy. So, uh, it, really interesting. I don't know why that was, but how about it? Juancho, Hernan Gomez, playing well. All right, the RPI rankings were released today from Utah High School Activities Association for a variety of spring sports. And uh, baseball, you know, we had the uh, Ridgeline baseball game that we streamed on Cash Valley Daily and covered on local radio earlier this week. And uh, Ridgeline comes in as the highest, uh, excuse me, the second highest rated team uh, out of Region 11. Bear River is actually the top rated team out of the region, but they come in at number seven. One through six is all from Region 10. Crimson Cliffs is number one, followed by Pineview, Snow Canyon, Dixie, Desert Hills, and Hurricane. Bear River's at number seven. Ridgeline's at eight. Green Canyon at nine. Cedar at 10. Mountain Crest, Skyview, and Logan rounds out the baseball RPI. Those are your ratings through uh, last night. So games played through yesterday. Uh, for softball, um, it's... Uh, a little bit different there. It's a sprinkling of both uh, regions. Ridgeline is number one in 4A softball as of right now, followed by Crimson Cliffs, Bear River, Hurricane, Skyview, Snow Canyon, Green Canyon, Desert Hills, Dixie, Cedar, Mountain Crest, Pine View, and Logan. So it's like every other team there with the uh, softball rankings. And then when it comes to lacrosse, this is a relatively new sport. So the, uh, the, the, the teams in this classification are a little bit different. So for boys lacrosse, again, there aren't as many teams in this uh, classification, but Ridgeline comes in at number one, Skyview at number two, followed by Green Canyon, Mountain Crest, Bear River, Juan Diego, Waterford, uh, the Utah Military Academy, Hill Field, and Logan at number nine for the boys. And for the girls... In lacrosse, it's Bear River at number one, followed by Juan Diego, Mountain Crest, Ridgeline, Waterford, Green Canyon, Judge Memorial, Skyview, and Logan. So interesting different rankings there for uh, some of these spring sports that were released today by Utah High School Activities Association. All right, we're going to take another quick timeout here in the Full Court Press. When we come back on the other side, Matt Gifford will be joining us. A contributor to Hawk Hill Hardwood. It's a it's a 24-7 sports site, affiliated site, and they follow St. Joe's. And so he knows a lot about uh, Taylor Funk, and he'll be joining us here in just a little bit to give us some insight as to who he is, what kind of seasons and career he's had so far, and how he could potentially help Utah State in the future. So stick around. That's coming up next here on the Full Court Press. 
Here's Chad Norton, the lawn doctor, with a tip for your lawn. With warmer temperatures and no snow on the ground, green grass might be here sooner than ever. We are excited to offer a new two-service soil enrichment program to improve water retention, reduce compaction, stimulate root growth, and increase nutrient and fertilizer uptake, resulting in a healthier lawn this summer. Sign up early and get the second service half off. Fertilizer, weed, and pest control. Call the Lawn Doctor at 753-LAWN or go to LawnDoctorCashValley.com. This is Dustin with Valvolinus and Oil Change in Logan. Whatever you do, don't forget to change the oil in your car. My team at Valvolinus and Oil Change will get you in and out quickly. Stay in your car and relax, all while your car is being serviced by trained professionals. Valvolinus and Oil Change, 695 North Main in Logan, across from Angie's. Valvoline Instant Oil Change. Service you can see. Experts you can trust. Since 1896, couples throughout Utah have shopped Essie Needham Jewelers for their diamond engagement ring. We offer our integrity price guarantee on a beautiful selection of unique, high-quality diamond engagement rings. Gals, you'll love our rings, and guys, you'll love our prices. We price our diamonds at internet pricing. Review the web and come see, hands-on, our beautiful selection. Shop and compare. Get Essie Needham quality at internet pricing, where Utah gets engaged. Essie Needham Jewelers, middle of the block, at the sign of the clock. Summer is just around the corner. Don't crank up your AC unit before getting it serviced. Advanced Heating and Air Conditioning is the team you should call for quality on-time service. If your system needs replaced, think York. York has the best warranties in the business with affordable financing options. Call Advanced Heating and Air Conditioning at 752-7272 or stop by their showroom west of DI. Online at advancedheating-ac.com. We're comfortable until you are Advanced Heating and Air. The Full Court Press. Connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, and online at 1069thefan.com. Welcome back to the Full Court Press. Eric Franson with you here on a Friday. Thanks for tuning in wherever you may be listening on 1069 FM, 1390 AM, the 1069The Fan mobile app. We're streaming online, 1069thefan.com. Uh, we've had a great week this week talking about uh, former Aggies, future Aggies, current Aggies. And uh, today we get to find out a little bit more details about a future Aggie. as Taylor Funk as he took to social media to announce his commitment to transfer to Utah State in his final year of eligibility from uh, St. Joseph's. And uh, joining us uh, on the phone is somebody who's been following St. Joe's for a while. This is Matt Gifford, contributor for Hawk Hill Hardwood. A 247sports.com site and uh, give us more insight as to who Taylor is and how he might fit in for the Aggies. Uh, Matt, thanks for your time today. Yeah, absolutely. No, thank you for thank you for having me on. This is my my first radio spot with a station in Utah, so this is cool. Ah, well, we'll hope to uh, not jade you too much and uh, <laughs> ruin your experience. And uh, but anyway, this is uh, kind of exciting news. Uh, maybe a little bit unexpected to see somebody from the A10 consider Logan as a destination. But f- for a lot of people, we have to remember that this coaching staff in, in, at Utah State spent time at Maryland, Baltimore County, and they've. Uh, this coaching staff has a lot of experience on that uh, East Coast, so this isn't a big of a surprise to get somebody like this here. But we're still kind of wondering who is Taylor Funk, and what has he done for St. Joe's? I know it's kind of a big open-ended question, but how would you describe no, good, how he plays? It's a good one. 
Yeah, so Taylor is a guy that, um, I obviously, he spent, spent a while at St. Joe's, and I actually got to start covering him when he was in high school. So the first time I saw Taylor Funk play basketball was um, probably like the June of his junior year of high school. So we're going back like six years now. And at the time, like you, you kind of look at him and say he's tall, but like really nothing else about him screamed basketball player. His, his body type wasn't really great at that point. Um, he wasn't like, didn't look to be in particularly great shape. And that's something that even like his freshman year at St. Joe's, which he had a tremendous freshman year at St. Joe's, um, like one of the best three point shooting seasons that a freshman ever had at St. Joe's. Um, in fact, I think he set the record, which the following year was broken by Charlie Brown Jr., who now is in the NBA. Um, so he, he can really shoot. And his freshman year at St. Joe's, that, that's essentially what Taylor was. Uh, kind of like a pick-and-pop four guy. Um, wasn't going to be the greatest rebounder. Wasn't going to be the greatest defender uh, as a freshman. But uh, to, to Taylor's credit, he, he battled through injuries at St. Joe's. But despite that, he really, he really, really improved his body a lot. Um, normally, right, like when you're talking about a kid getting used to college from high school, you want to hear them talk about putting on weight. Like I'm sure when you guys talk about incoming players, it's normally like once they get strength, this is what they could become. Right. With Taylor, it's been quite different. It's been like when he loses some weight, what can he become? And he really now is a thin um, like pretty mobile, athletic enough guy that can run the floor and, and really can shoot the ball a lot. So, like, I know that's an overused term, but to give the people that are listening out in Utah or wherever else a little bit of context, um, I've been doing this a while covering St. Joe's, and I think Taylor is probably, in my 12 years that I've been doing it like this, probably the second best shooter that I've covered. Um, with the other being Langston Galloway, who played a number of years in the NBA, um, like like five or six years in the NBA. So that is close to where Taylor is as a shooter. He's 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 essentially an NBA shooter at six eight six nine. Hey, I want to ask you about the elite schools that were going after Taylor. I mean, it's it's quite the list, uh, Matt. And I was wondering, do you know what may I've attracted him to even look at Utah State, nonetheless even come to Utah State? <laughs> that is a wonderful question. So I've covered Taylor for a while. I've gotten to know Taylor over the years a little bit. Um, and he's an extremely humble, extremely hardworking guy. I would say one thing about him that made this decision surprising is that Taylor grew up about an hour from St. Joe's. Taylor was homeschooled. So he was a homeschooled kid who then proceeded to go to college, um, for the very few people listening that are going to know this area at all, he's from Lancaster, which is about in 45 minutes, an hour outside of Philadelphia. Um, his parents were at, unless I missed one, every single game that he played at St. Joe's. They were at games where he didn't play because he was hurt. So when that news popped the other afternoon, I, I, I'm not going to lie, I did a little bit of a double take and went, Oh, like Utah. That's that's not that's not necessarily what I expected from a distance standpoint. But the more that I thought about it, and like the style, the little bit that I know, um, and honestly, I've done a lot of this research since the commitment. Um, I can see how that conference and how that school would ha- have an appeal to Taylor. 
And I also could see, like, could I have seen him at a school like, I don't know, there were like Big Ten schools looking at him. Could I have seen him in that conference as a specialist? I could. Um, but I don't know if that's what he wanted. And again, I, I'm not pretending to speak as if I've spoken with him since then. But, I, I mean, I could see him as someone that would have a, a little bit of an adjustment going from playing 35 to 40 minutes a night down to, like, 15, which I, I'm assuming with his decision for, for Utah State and his discussions with the coaching staff, that's not what he's coming out there to do, not to come out there to play 15 minutes a night, but to, at the minimum, like, compete for a starting role and, and play a significant, a significant role out there for the Aggies. I think one of the big questions a lot of us have had, uh, without being able to see a lot of tape on him just yet, is you know it, he looks like he's a shooter, a guy that can step out and shoot, got a good uh, stroke, but how much does he mix it up in the paint? Does is he okay with contact, or does he rather draw his opponents out and out of the paint because of his shooting ability? Yeah, that's a good, that's a good question. So he, it's a little bit of a a mixed bag with Taylor. So his greatest strength is his shooting. He will rebound. Like, he's not adverse to contact. Um, I know there'll be the stereotype of a 6'8", 6'9", stretch 4, that he does not want contact. I would not say that. Um, I would not ever attempt to put a label on him as being soft or shying away from contact um, at all. Like, there were games he had at St. Joe's just this past year against good A-10 competition where he had double-digit rebounds. Um, like, he'll, he'll rebound the ball. He'll go in there. He'll mix it up. He would prefer to shoot. He's an outstanding free-throw shooter when he gets to the line. Um, I would say, obviously, what you're, you guys are going to see is tape, and all that tape is going to be him just knocking down threes because that's what he does. Um, he, he's not going to be a guy that's going to necessarily like operate in the post offensively at all. Uh, I've been watching him for years and years and years and could probably single out his post-ups. Uh, he's not going to be a guy that's going to do that. Defensively, in the A-10, he, he's had to play the five. So he's a guy that has defended A-10 five men um, and done a pretty good job at it. He's gotten a lot better defensively as he's gotten older and wiser. Um, I, I definitely would say that rebounding, he'll hold, hold, hold up there. Shooting will hold up there. If I... And I, I really, really like Taylor's game a lot. One thing that I think probably from that higher level interest on the transfer market was the the holdout is he's not a guy that's going to to really do anything off the bounce. Um, he'll, he'll score off the offensive glass, he'll shoot, he'll get to the line, but he's not really a guy that's going to like shot fake from three and then drive past somebody. He, he Laterally, his quickness is not a strength, um, and his ball skills are, are not a strength. Like, they're, they're okay, but he's not a guy that's going to be, like, blowing by people off the dribble. Uh, how does Ryan Odom use him, you think? So, I, so I, I don't know a ton about what Utah State's roster looks like for next year, Um I will say that he is much, much better as a, as a, as a four than a five. Um, I would also say that he's not, you're not going to want him defending wings. 
just as I kind of referred to a moment ago, that lateral quickness of his um, defensively is a bit of a liability. Um, he's tough, and he will defend, but I've watched him guard wings in the A-10 and struggle um, with guys getting around him. So I think that, that he will be used probably by Ryan Odom the best as, as, as just like a, a stretch for. So he's a guy that will run. He's a guy that will rebound. He's a guy that will, I mean, have a green light his game this past year against Georgetown. And, yeah, I know it's not Georgetown that when you hear Georgetown you think of. But, I mean, I, I, I might be off here, but he was something like 8 for 9 or 9 for 10 or something like that from 3 in that game. And I, I watched that from my sofa. And, I mean, it was, it was up there as one of the better, the better shooting displays I've seen. I mean, he, he doesn't need much time at all to get his shot up. And at 6 8 plus, he, he, he doesn't really struggle getting that shot up over defenders either. So um, I think Ryan Odom would want to use him as someone that can pull a big man away from the basket. Um, I think he'd want to use him as someone that can get hot. I will say Taylor is a streaky shooter, and toward the end of the year this year, he had some injury injury things, and that, that's another thing here. He's had um, a couple little a couple little things over the years, but he um, when he's on, I'll tell you, you are, and you'll see these games next year. You'll see games next year. I promise you, where he's going to go six for eight or seven for ten or something like that from three if Ryan Odom gives him that kind of volume. Um, A10 basketball generally. Just give us an idea. I mean, there's there's some high level basketball being played there. I mean, the the, the Bonnies, Davidson, Dayton. I mean, what I'm looking at what six teams at 22 wins or more at the top. Yeah, level. that's a good conference. Yeah, even in a down year, it's a good conference. Um, and this was a down year for the A10, but it was still a year that saw Richmond, who I mean, put it this way, St. Joe's won at Richmond by. 30-some points this year, and St. Joe's wasn't good this year. So St. Joe's won at Richmond by 37 or something, 27, something crazy. And then Richmond went on to make the tournament and beat Iowa. So, like, wow. I mean, Richmond, Richmond's consistently very good. I mean, you have VCU and, I mean, Dayton beat Kansas and whoever else this year, Kansas in the Final Four. So um, it, it is a good conference. It's it, it has years where it's two bids. It has years where it's four bids. But uh, if, if you're wondering, listeners, like what A10 brand of basketball is going to be, definitely like guard and wing heavy. Um, like really, really, I mean, there's a lot of NBA guards right now that, that came out of the A10 from like Bone Thailand, who went to VCU to, I mean, St. Joe's has, I think, four guys in the NBA right now. So uh, and they're mostly, mostly guards and wings. Up front, uh, you're normally talking about rim runners uh, and not necessarily a ton of – it's not Big Ten basketball. You're not going to be dealing with a ton of post-ups. So so when Taylor was playing defense in the A-10, he was dealing with um, a lot of, like, switching. He was dealing with a lot of, at times, like, 6-6 six, six power forwards, but guys that would, would step out and shoot, guys that were extremely athletic. Um, and then as five men you're dealing with, Either guys that have stepped down from from Power Fives, uh, which St. Joe's had a player just like that this year who came from Vanderbilt to St. Joe's, um, but it's definitely guard and wing heavy, definitely really really athletic basketball. And uh, I mean, I've I've been covering it for twelve years, and I've seen some some really really terrific teams and some really terrific players. And Taylor is 
is one of the more fun players I've I've watched. Like with anyone, when you watch him for that long, you kind of the weaknesses jump out. But his strengths, I mean, his shooting, his his willingness to to compete. Um, I mean, you're you're getting a good player, and I'm a, a little surprised just from a location standpoint, especially that it happened. So, kudos to to the staff there for being able to pull that off. Matt, let me ask you here my final question for you, and I, I, I it, this is putting you in a really really tough spot. That's but okay. where where do you see, or how do you see Taylor Funk performing? This upcoming basketball season, knowing what you know about him, knowing what you know, you know about the Mount West Conference, and you know some of the athletes that come out of there, how do you think he yeah. handles and does here in the Mount West Conference this upcoming season? Yeah, so the Mountain West got what four bids this year? Yeah, yeah I believe one right? IT team. Yeah, so you're you're talking. I it's weird. I would I would not say that the the Mountain West had a really good year this year. I would say like traditionally, at least recent history, uh, the A-10 and the Mountain West are relatively similar conferences in terms of kind of being, I think, a little under-regarded nationally. Like, I know the A-10 really well, and I watch a lot of Big East and a lot of ACC and a lot of Big Ten and see routinely teams in this conference that can beat those teams. Um, What I've seen of the Mountain West is a conference that's similar. Like, that was a a deep and good conference this year. I think, to answer your question, and you didn't put me in a tough spot, it's a good one, um, I think a lot's going to be up to the coaching staff. Hmm. So I, I don't know a ton about Ryan Odom, uh, other than know that he was highly regarded coming from UMBC. Uh, I do know that Taylor's a guy that needs to be used a certain way, and I think that that's what Ryan Odom's going to really need to be able to do this year. He's gonna, And it'll be a year, so he'll have a little bit of time here to figure out how to make the puzzle work. Because pretty early on, I think, the staff, the players, you'll see exactly what he is. And if he's used the right way, he's a difference-maker type of player. Um, at times, I feel like when I've watched him at St. Joe's, he played for two coaching staff. Um, he had injuries. I, I think there were some ups and downs that weren't entirely on him. I think there were some last year uh, he was forced to play the five, which he's not. Um, and then this past year, the team just frankly wasn't all that good um, or as good as they expected to be. So I think that if Ryan Odom's able to say, all right, we need to get Taylor Funk six to eight threes a game, and there will be a game where he makes one of them, and there'll be a game where he makes seven of them, uh, but we're just going to continue to get him good looks off, off like mismatches. Um, he, he's kind of like a, a little bit of a – like a mismatch in Ryan Odom's favor. you got to figure out how to use them, kind of cover some of his deficiencies defensively. Um, but I wouldn't uh, – there aren't that many guys at his size that can shoot like he can shoot. And shooting and spacing is so important uh, that if he's able to be used right, I mean, I think that, I think that it'll be a really, really good experience for, for the staff and for, and for Taylor as well. Uh, Matt, final question for me, and I think you've you've kind of alluded to it, just as some of the changes that were going on with his roster and, and coaching as well. But last year, the season before, he was a guy averaging 17, 18 points a game, and that declined this season. What is it because of the position he was playing and had to shift there because of personnel? What was the difference in why he, his scoring dropped this year compared to last so I will be very, very candid and say that the last eight to ten games of this year were, 
by far the worst that I've seen him play at St. Joe's. Um, and that, that, all, that, when you take that into account, I think that that's going to show. Like, if you were to look at his scoring from the first half of the year and then the second, um, he had some, some pretty decent injury stuff that he fought through. I know there were reports toward the end of the year of, like, him having to get his foot drained after games. Um, and he obviously wanted to continue playing. Um, but I would say, like, the last eight to ten games of this year, he was a little bit of a shell of himself. I know that none of that was lingering stuff. That's not stuff that's going to be, like, long-term. But he had, like, a foot thing, and then in the second to the last game of the year, he broke, a, like, he um, fractured a finger that put him out six to eight weeks. So um, that definitely, I think, altered him this year. And I will say, like, if you go back and look, there have been stretches of games that he has missed. Um, he missed most of his, I want to say, sophomore year due to injury. Um, and again, these aren't like softness things. Like he, he played through some serious pain this year. But I think that injury is a part this year. I think that Taylor and St. Joe's both expected to be better this year. Um, the, the, the guard on St. Joe's this year is a, a guy named Jordan Hall who is. Um, who left for the NBA draft and is a guy that is projected kind of like mid-second round. Um, he also kind of had some of his numbers go down this year as well. So uh, I, I think that I wouldn't, like from your standpoint, look at his dip this year and be concerned about that being something moving forward. I think it's the kind of thing a change in scenery could help. I think it's the type of thing that um, he'd been at St. Joe's for a long time. He'd been at St. Joe's for five years. Um, sometimes toward the end of the time anywhere, you're ready for a change of scenery and it'll help you. And I would, I would expect more of statistically like per 36, the Taylor Funk of two years ago than this past year. Interesting. Well, that's a fascinating look as to who this guy is and what he might bring to the table for Utah State coming up next season. And Matt, appreciate your insight. You've been watching this very closely and uh, appreciate uh, helping us understand a little bit more about who Taylor Funk is and what he could look like for USU. Yeah, thanks, Matt. Uh, absolutely. Happy to join you guys. All right, that's uh, Matt Gifford with Hawk Hill Hardwood. That was good stuff, by the way. Great stuff. He's really, really good. Great, honest. <laughs> yeah, no, I love that. Just, uh, just, just calling it like it is, and somebody which who's, is what you want. Watch Taylor for a lot you of years. Need that. You, yeah. wa- you don't want just one the sugar year coat, here or there. He's, candy. He's you seen this know. guy play for a lot of years. Yeah, so absolutely. Really good insight. I uh, needed to take another time out here in the full court press. Uh, with when we come back, some additional thoughts. Uh, a reminder, Brock Miller interview coming up next hour, former Aggie, as to uh, why he's calling it quits and some of his memories about Utah State. That's coming up next on the Full Court Press. This is Jay from Daryl's Appliance. Inflation is having an effect on all of us. Let us help you increase your purchasing power. We offer scratch dent appliances, which saves you up to 40% on nearly perfect appliances from Whirlpool, Maytag, KitchenAid, GE, and more. You will rest easy when you buy a scratch dent appliance from Daryl's with our exclusive full two-year warranty easy financing available and don't forget our service department backs every sale open until 6 p.m on weekdays five on saturday nothing beats march madness the pure sound of a swish the rattle of a slam dunk the fans on their feet for the big moments and the action just keeps getting better until a national champion is crowned Hear all the action with Westwood One's exclusive coverage of this year's NCAA tournament. 
right here on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM, The Fan. The new year isn't the only thing we're celebrating here at Alpine Home Medical. This year marks our 25th anniversary, and we could be happier to serve you. Hi, I'm Jay Broadbent. If you haven't shopped with us, we'd love for you to make us your one-stop shop for any of your home medical needs. They're always changing, so please don't hesitate to stop by any of our 10 locations throughout Utah and Southern Idaho. Alpine Home Medical, we bring wellness home. Or online at alpinehomemedical.com. The Aggies, Jazz, High Schools, even the Pee Wee's T-Ball team. It's the Full Court Press on Sports Talk Radio, The Fan. Welcome back to Full Court Press. Eric Franson, Ajay Salveson. Great stuff there from Matt Gifford. Yeah, absolutely. That was, that was good stuff. Following... Uh, St. Joe's basketball program, and specifically St. 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 Taylor, <laughs> Taylor Funk, is seeing him through uh, his years at uh, even while he was a high school player. Uh, kind of a surprise to see him go so far afield from where he was uh, to come all the way out here to Utah. But yeah, it sounds like a lot of people were kind of shocked by that. I mean, I loved his answer. Like I had a double take at that. And look, the way he described him, we thought of this the other night when we saw the news and just looking at his stats and the numbers that we could see, but hearing it from Matt, this is this is Brandon Horvath. Yeah. I, I mean, this is uh, maybe not as tall as Horvath, but a very similar style of play. Uh, he's going to be your stretch four. So they he's got good size, but... They're going to need somebody in that low post because that's not somewhere he's going to go mix it up Absolutely. and play with his back to the basket and things like that. So interesting addition for Utah State and how uh, Coach Odom, you can see the how the, the players he's bringing in, the vision he has for how he wants his team to play. Sure. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, the biggest thing is is can he create and score? The, the one where I do have – is he can't create off the dribble. He's not a guy who can shoot off the dribble. He's going to have to, you know, maybe, you know, catch and shoot kind of a thing, spot up, squares feet shoot. That kind of worries me. Um, and it's a talented Mountain West Conference defensively especially, so uh, that's something he'll need to work on when he uh, gets into Mountain West Conference play. Yeah, yes, very true. Uh, yeah, how is How will the other players around him complement his skill set or, for lack of a better way of describing it, hide some of his deficiencies. Um, yeah. So how will the team kind of work to help each each other out uh, yep. with him in the mix? Sure. So, and hopefully, you know, a change of scenery lights things up. It can help, man. Again. Yeah. It can help. It can absolutely help you. You can change everything for you, new look, new gym, new atmosphere, new experience. Maybe that gives him a refresh life look at things, and he performs well. Hey, real quickly, just want to mention this. The women Final Four starts in about five minutes from now. Number one, South Carolina versus number one, Louisville. It's going to be on ESPN. Uh, Both of these teams have uh, played really well through the the tournament so far for the women. I was looking at some of the numbers here. South Carolina, their average margin of victory in the tournament for the women's bracket, 28 points is their average margin of victory. Wow. Of course, they had two big blowouts and a couple that were a little bit closer, but uh, interesting to see what happens between two number one seeds. 
That'll be at 5 o'clock on ESPN. The later game, number one Stanford versus number two UConn. Uh, some really exciting basketball for those two uh, women's programs facing each other tonight as their Final Four takes place. The men's is tomorrow. <laughs>